always make fun of me, bro. Look, there's no, there's no need to prolong this, man. <laughs> Did you hear that just now? It's like a. What's that? It's like. I didn't hear that. that was one of but those I side do effects know. You might have added it up in there. Nah, I, I ain't do that, brother. This is the Steve Smith episode, Dane, episode 89 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. My name is Deion Tibbs, joined by my brother, my guy, my ace, my best man, Dane. How are you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. That's that's a hell of a superlative. Pound mm-hmm. for pound, the best wide receiver the NFL has seen. First ballot. Um, first ballot should be. Yeah. Should be. He should be. Yeah. Um. Mm. Favorite Steve Smith moment? Uh, shoot. Uh, I I won't say a favorite, but it just popped on my timeline the other day when he cleaned up Von Miller. It's like his last year in Carolina. Um, Filthy work. I think Cam Newton was either scrambling or he dumped it off to a running back, head to the sideline. He just ear hole Von Miller, cleaned him up, bro. <laughs> it was my just favorite. on my timeline recently. <laughs> My favorite Steve Smith moment, just to show you what kind of guy he is, um, was when he and Michael Irvin were on on live talking <laughs> to one another. And Michael Irvin said, my wife told me that, that I should stop talking about you and, and I should be nice. So I'm not going to talk about that god-awful suit that you have on <laughs> right now. And Steve looks so, like, frustrated, man. He's like – Like he's ready to swing he's on like, him. And this is Michael Irvin we're talking about. The guy that you know allegedly stabs mine in the neck with with a nice pick, but he's you know he said he said he looked straight at the camera. He said, "Mike, next time I'm in Miami, I'm I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> I don't play these games." And he was dead he was dead serious. He was dead serious. So uh, obviously, just some, it speaks more to the passion that he has and just the mentality he had. But he wasn't. Steve Smith did not take nothing from anybody. Right. Anybody. So. When you said ice pick, that reminds me, there's also a clip from, I don't know which game it was from, but he was saying ice up, son. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ice up. But yeah, like you said, pound for pound, one of the toughest, most physical receivers to play the game. And he was only like, how tall was he? Like five, nine? Five, eight. Like maybe, maybe look with with cleats on five, eight, five, nine. Yeah. But you're going to feel him. And now he's an assistant coach for the New York Giants now, I believe. He announced that not too long ago Um, and has his own podcast as well, doing good things. So the Steve Smith uh, episode, shout out to Steve Smith. But um, Dane, you know, I always get, you know, in the morning, get started with a cup of coffee. And lo and behold, this is my second cup because the first cup, I spilled all over my desk, all over my computer equipment right before we came on, and it was like full of coffee. So did you soak it in rice? rice. (laughs) Did you soak the desk in rice? Uh, Almost, yeah. I had to wrap it in plastic, and you know, uh, but I'm not gonna let that distract me from having a good episode. Episode 89. You've been rocking with us since episode one, since the since episode 0.5, the introduction. Yeah, we. We appreciate it, man. We keep on rocking. Appreciate Andrew Romero coming on, producer from the yes. 30 for 30 documentary, The Greatest Mixtape Ever. If you haven't listened or watched that, go ahead and check it out on our previous episode, episode 88. You won't regret um, it. You won't regret it, for sure. And um, I had also mentioned on that episode, if you could see again, that my house is kind of bare. 
Um, butt naked, if you will. But but <laughs> butt naked. Uh, uh, and if you if you don't follow me on social media, if you just follow the podcast, then you probably don't know. Drum roll! That. Drum roll! Drum roll! I am headed. Our new job, should I say, headed to Bristol, Connecticut, ESPN, man. Uh, round of applause for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a dream, a dream come true, so to speak. Obviously, ESPN has been probably, you know, the staple of all youngins, you know, growing up watching SportsCenter, um, watching Stuart Scott, all those big time ESPN anchors and analysts from, from, you know, day one growing up, I, my social media post was basically saying how grew up watching cartoons and, you know, it grew into watching sports center reruns in the morning. Um, yeah. So in like less than about two weeks or so, uh, I'm moving to Connecticut, a big drive up to Connecticut, man. Uh, Frio. Yeah, very. Yeah, this is the perfect time to move there now because, uh, you know, it's not it's not the winter time yet. So uh, it's going to be a, a drive. But a lot of people are asking me what I'm going to be what I'm going to be doing there. And so to to put it in the simplest terms, I'll be starting out as a production assistant. So helping out on a variety of shows. I'm not sure which shows yet for, I'd say, a year or so and then getting moved to uh either content associate or just you know it's just a opportunity to get my foot into the door um and yeah man it's i sound i mean <laughs> i am humble but i'm like it's been like two weeks and still can't really believe it bro but uh yeah man it's gonna be different living in connecticut been in texas my entire life um we got a whole zoo to move with our pets and you know it's it's been kind of stressful but exciting as well um, and I just want to thank you, man, because one of the things that kind of helped, uh, <laughs> with the people during my interviews was this podcast and, you know, I couldn't have, couldn't have done it without you, brother. Um, you know, we had this plan, <laughs> we had this plan back in the day, years, really you joke years. about it all the time, yeah. man. Yeah. We have our own podcast. Like, that. Nah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, anywho, that's yeah. what I was doing. Like, man. Years, years before we started it, and we finally got down and buckled down and did it. And you know, we've had a ton of guests, many from ESPN, but you know, a lot of <laughs> ironically, yeah, <laughs> uh, guests around the sports world. So, of course, just want to say thank you for rocking with you and uh, appreciate you, man. And uh, we'll see where this thing goes from here. Um, but yeah, yeah, before you continue, I'm gonna say, nah, man, um, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't let you. I couldn't sit here and let you thank me for something that you've put in the hard work for. Um, it's something that, you know, I, of course, close with you. So I know that your aspirations and some of your dreams that you've had. So you did all the hard work, man. I might just been there cheerleading you on the way and I'll continue to cheerlead you on. And um, this is going to be fun. This is going to be very fun just watching the journey that you take on. And I'm excited. Um, and it's very, very, very surreal. Just the, idea of where your journey is taking you to this point but it ain't over yet yeah man it ain't over yet so thank you for thank you for having me along the ride and um, you know what this remind me of 
Who was that? Uh, the end of the Temptations movie when his mom, when uh, uh, Blue Mom oh, yeah. and Otis was talking. <laughs> I'm addicted to long weight. <laughs> right before, right before that. Oh, actually, after that, after he went into the kitchen, the mom mm-hmm. and Otis were talking. He's like, and you had the voice. Or she thanked him first. He's like, I want to thank you, Otis, for protecting my baby. You know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And he's yes, like, well. Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah, you kept this group together. <laughs> and then he was like, well. You provided the voice, so I want to thank you for that. And it was, and it was like, uh, each other. Doo, yeah, doo, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I uh, it's it's gonna be fun, gonna be exciting. So uh, yeah, um, heading to Connecticut, ESPN. So we'll we'll see where the journey leads for for me and for the podcast. With <laughs> a lot of people are asking, like, so. <laughs> So, so you gonna be on TV? Gonna <laughs> yeah, you gonna be on TV? No, not hey, man, you know. he actually got his own show on ESPN. Like, wait, whoa, that was where did yeah. Get this from? Where, did, where did this come from? I won't. I won't name the person, but somebody like <laughs> tagged me, tagged me on Instagram, and was like, "Hey, man, my homie about to be on TV. Y'all tune in. <laughs> Chill. I gotta give a, foot a, lot of, a lot of pressure. Put a lot of pressure. You to come in there day one. All right." Where's the camera? Right here? All right, cool. <laughs> uh, who's got my script? Bring my coffee. And you, uh, bring me the yeah. stats on the Jets game from last week. Like, yeah, that's what they think is going to happen. But, getting you know. getting texts. Bro, what channel you on? <laughs> when you getting on? Man, I missed the segment, but if you can shoot me the YouTube link, I'll repost it. Like, yeah, man, I'll just send them the duo good. link. <laughs> I'll just send them the duo link. But, yeah, appreciate <laughs> appreciate everyone that sent all their, their love and support and Congratulations and all those things. It doesn't go unnoticed. Really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, be heading out there in about two weeks. My first day is on July 11th, so coming up pretty quick, man. But yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, last night the NBA draft, draft, draft went down in Brooklyn, New York, at the Barclays Center. Um, kind of a shakeup at the top throughout the past few weeks. Everybody and analysts. We're predicting that the Orlando Magic are going to select Jamar, Jabari Smith out of Auburn, but probably about an hour or so before before the draft. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, my my future colleague, I can say. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> my colleague Woj. <laughs> you know Woj, was, right? We call him Woj around the yeah, we call him Woj around the station. Yeah, we call him <laughs> whoa, whoa, you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he dropped a last minute nugget uh, about um, Paolo Banquero from Duke getting drafted. He ended up being the first round select or first pick for the Orlando Magic. And it's similar with the, the uh, NFL draft where it's a battle between Woj and uh, Shams, Shanaria uh, of, uh, from Stadium. Mm-hmm. about who can tip these picks first. So you didn't even have to watch the draft last night. All you had to do is get nope. tweet notifications from Woj, and they was tipping all the picks. Um, so it was not like the, the the shakeup was around, you know, the top three with mm-hmm. um, Boncaro going to Orlando, Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren going to OKC, Jabari Smith going to Houston. Um, and then – even before the draft started, Dane, which was the big the big talk going into draft night, was Kyrie Irving, KD, and the Brooklyn Nets. And we briefly talked about this, but if you don't know, um, Kyrie Irving, 
Yeah, if you're not glued to the sports world, Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets are in an impasse as far as his extension talks go. Brooklyn does not want to give him a long-term extension. Kyrie wants to sign long-term um, and not do these one deal, one-year deals. Um, and through the reports of Woj and Shams, it's, it was reported that Kyrie, if Kyrie did not sign this long-term extension, or excuse me, this deal, make this deal with Brooklyn Nets and decides to leave, then KD would decide that he wants to get traded from Brooklyn. And I think it's funny going back to Kyrie, Dane, does like, I, I don't see one person on his side as far as what he, his stance is because what he has gone through these past few years, hasn't played a full season in maybe two or three seasons injured um, everything with the mass event uh the mass mandate or excuse me vaccine and him not taking the vaccine so not being able to play in certain games where where do you feel about what's what's going on with this stance here how much time do you have brother how much time do you have okay I'm at peace that there is going to be drama. I'm at peace that there is going to be speculation of this particular talented individual, very talented point guard, generational talent in terms of ball handling and IQ. But everything else that comes with it, it's like, you need a separate roster spot just for that. (laughs) <laughs> you need a separate roster, roster spot just for that, just for everything else that's going to come with it. Not that that could be problematic, but you just never know. You just never know, depending on, you know, whatever situation might be, you know, having his attention or whatever situation uh, might be causing, you know, him some pain or what the case may be. You just never know as Kyrie. And I, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you or predict, but what I will say um, selfishly as a Lakers fan, and the opportunities that may exist or not exist because of the lack of cap space. We already have enough problems as it is. It's already a circus in LA and adding another, another piece to that would be just like, Oh my God. And you mentioned that because I forgot to, to mention when I was talking that Kyrie it's, it's, it's reported that it's past the point of no return where he's already given a list of teams. He'd like to uh, sign, do a sign and trade deal to, and that list includes your Lakers, uh, the Clippers, the Knicks, Miami Heat, Dallas Mavericks, and the 76ers. Um, because none of those teams have the cap room to just go straight up deal for them without <laughs> the Nets help. Um, right. so the list is, that. They'd have to eat a lot of that cost. And like, right. And I think. And it's, it's funny because. We haven't, we didn't see this team. I mean, we saw a few games. You had mentioned to me yesterday about you didn't realize how many games Katie and Kyrie had played together. What was it? You said something like it was, you said it was listed. Amount. It was like, it was like um, one of the, one of the analysts from one of the three letter networks that tweeted out a list of players, a list of duos, if you will, no pun intended, right. um, over the course mm-hmm. of the, you know, the last 20 or so years that played together along, that had small stints that played together longer than Kyrie played more games together than Kyrie and KD did. And upon that list, they, you know, it was something like one, of course, I remember, I believe, you know, Kobe and Nash was up there. I was like, dang, 
dang, they definitely didn't play a lot together. So you mean to tell me though, like, like that was, but I'd have to find that list. But it's astronomical. Just like, man, they, these guys have been together for so long, and they literally haven't shared the court with one another for one reason or another. And that's the risk that you're essentially you're going to have to take. Um, or correction, this is the risk that the Nets are going to have to take when they agree to sign him to this lengthy contract, eat a bunch of that cap, and then trade and him off. Like, and that's so crazy because he he if he opts in and like he's mm-hmm. saying, okay, I want to rock and roll with this season. It's thirty six point right. nine million, bro. Like, if he decides to not sign, he's Ooh. he's deciding. I don't want to play for thirty six point nine million. That's a lot of money, but for money. someone like Kyrie Irving, like it's not surprising with everything that we talked about. Um, you know what he is, how his stance has been on different issues going forward. Like he hasn't really been all into basketball. Um, I guess I mean when he's on the court, he's phenomenal. We had mentioned that, but very, very much so. It's him getting him on the court on a consistent basis, uh, playing you know, like the Kyrie on and off the court that we've seen the past few seasons. But he has until Wednesday to decide whether he will opt into the final year of the four-year max contract he signed in 2019 when he and Kevin Durant chose to join the franchise as free agents. Like I mentioned, if if he does, he'll be on a $36.9 million deal for next season and then be an unrestricted free agent in July of 2023. On the Kevin Durant side of things, say, for, say if – oh, go ahead. I found it. I found Go it. ahead. Go ahead. I, so here's the list of duos that played more games together than Kyrie and KD. Um, shout out to Fadeaway, uh, Fadeaway World on Twitter. Um, so LeBron and Shaq, 53 games uh, back in those Cleveland days. Uh, those Cleveland days, a bunch of which, you know, we don't acknowledge those, those Shaq days, um, those later Shaq days. But uh, Kobe and Steve Nash, 48 games. Rasheed Wallace and AI, 48 games. Vince Carter and Hakeem Olajuwon, 47 games. And, of course, Dirk and Rajon Rondo, 45 games. So that just gives you an idea, like, it, the, the number isn't that big as, it, as you would expect it to be. Pause. Man, that's crazy, man. Yeah. And on the KD side of things, you got to – he you came – got to be – you came there with with <laughs> with Kyrie. You got James Harden there at one point. James stayed for maybe one season. You get Ben Simmons in return, and it's like I don't know if you remember in that last year, last season in that series against Milwaukee, where they almost beat Milwaukee, but his foot right. was on the line on that three point shot. Yeah, and that changed idea. the course of history for the franchise. It seems like like if this all falls apart, you could. By just a few inches, blame it on yeah, jokingly blame like a, a few inches. Yeah, you could jokingly blame it on his long ass foot. <laughs> they say what if his foot size was like half the size of what it was, we we wouldn't even be this. This whole thing would be the course of history would have changed. So so in an alternate universe, Kevin Durant isn't you know creeping on seven foot. He's six foot two or six foot three, and he right. gets that shot, and the shot counts for three instead of two. So yeah. I'm thinking out of all these teams, hypothetically, if if Kyrie gets traded, I'm looking at this list: uh, Lakers, Clippers. I think, Clippers. I mean, Clippers looks like a a good fit for him. I even think the Lakers would be a good fit as far as what y'all need, like a, what he can provide on the court. 
besides yeah. off the court antics. Like, I mean, not denying that if he if he if he's an, a general asset, he makes any of those teams that are listed. He makes every single last one of those teams better. Agreed on the court, but you have to worry about everything else, and that's that's not to say or take a you know a shot at his mental health and mental well being, but it's just that's the risk that whatever organization decides that you know what this is something we're going to pursue. That's the risk that they have to take, and. There is going to be now. I wouldn't. I don't want to say circus because that's that's a negative connotation associated. But there will be lots of cameras and lots of microphones and a lot of people watching and listening just for the sake of okay, how is Kyrie feeling today? Yeah. Yeah, man. We will see how that. I can't see him. I mean, Lucas so bald. Can you imagine him in the city of Dallas? No. I mean, I'm trying like on the on the court, I'm we putting two up points like crazy. Players. Yeah, but yeah. you got two ball dominant players, players that depend on the on the rock, but hey, we <laughs> we scoring we getting buckets over there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> getting buckets, but um yeah, this this saga is going to go, you know, either route pretty soon has them till Wednesday to figure out, you know, what he's going to do about that contract. Hey. So you know what's crazy, Beyonce? Before you move on to the next point, <clears throat> we're in the, I guess you can say, the valley of sports news and sports happening. Obviously, we have a, a ton of baseball fans out there. Great, wonderful. Um, in terms of no real football, no real basketball, of course, we have draft coverage and offseason issues that <clears throat> will inevitably come up. But this story, this happening, essentially just a few days after the NBA season ends, this is like the most NBA thing period, just the news mm-hmm. cycle itself. So it's going yeah. to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's filling up the talk shows, you know, with content that yeah. they need during this time of the year, for sure, man. A gold mine. A it's gold exactly mine. We need it. Yeah. Yeah. We should have some update by the, by the, by our next episode. Um, and, Switching switching gears here. There, as we record this episode, Dan, I don't even know if you saw it. Um, this is like a full one eighty right here. Um, yeah, the Supreme Court just overturned Roe versus Wade, uh, eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion in the U.S. Which, yeah, it, it saying God. that does doesn't even sound like real, but wow. that's where we are in the world today. And I mentioned that. I brought that up because my my next topic was about Title IX and the anniversary. It's been 50 years since wow. Title IX became U.S. law to to make uh, a um, a law against gender discrimination in education, um, in activities and things of that nature. And as I mentioned, like literally before I'm getting into the topic, that news about the Supreme Court goes down. So that just goes to show you how, <laughs> yeah, how how you know, women are continuously in an upward fight. Um, and even 50 years later with me talking about title nine, it's like a few really? steps backward. Yeah. A lot of steps backward. Should I say that's about that? Crazy. So, um, that's, and, and you know what the crazy thing, like we, we're aware of the impact that, that would have on women is, you know, as two men talking about sports and two men that don't have women reproductive parts. It's like, we have no type of jurisdiction on the particular topic, 
in my opinion, I'm not going to speak for you, but I have no jurisdiction on the topic, but I know that that's going to affect so many people in such a negative way. And it's just like, wow. Yeah, we don't we don't really get into politics on here, but I, I felt like that was something that was very important that's, to say and very huge. important to kind of mirror what how far you know women had to fight to get rights for that. Like 1972, bro, and they weren't allowed to they weren't seen as equals. And if right. we if we're in 2022 now and this drops, like that that just makes no sense to me. So um, I just wanted to mention that, but I, I had I had already had the Title IX article or topic in the in our podcast because I don't know if you got to see it, but I'll, I'll mention it briefly. The uh, Thirty for Thirty documentary on the nineteen ninety six women's um, Olympic basketball team. Um, it's a three part episode series on you can probably catch it on ESPN Plus now, but it was it was great, so in depth talking about um how the impact of these women on this team had in the birth of the WNBA they mm-hmm. had everything on their shoulders they didn't win the gold in 1992 and so um David Stern and a lot of the people in the NBA decided that um they needed to um build the Olympic program for women's basketball similar to what they did with the dream team mm-hmm. um the previous Olympics and so Basically, it's just a, a, a quick synopsis. It's basically talking about how this women's team, there was so much pressure on them to get gold because them this you know result was depend dependent on um if the WNBA was gonna be a thing. And so with them going on and winning gold, it kind of brought more attention to women's sports. Um, because the only thing associated with women's sports at to- that time, like on a higher level, was gymnastics, swimming things of that nature. So um, it was a great insight. They had, you know, Don Staley, R- Rebecca Lobo, um, a lot of those people that was very intricate to the success of the teams, uh, mm-hmm. Cheryl Swoops. Um, so when you get a chance, check that out. Uh, it's on ESPN plus it's called dream on. I did message the director because we, we've been so lucky to get people that were a part of the documentary to come on the show and talk about it. Um, I messaged her one time. She hadn't responded yet. So still going to try to push for that for people that would want to hear it. And I'd definitely love to hear what she would have to say about the, you know, the process and things of that nature. So that's called Dream On. It's on ESPN Plus. Um, very, very important. And especially uh, because of the 50 year, you know, mm-hmm. anniversary of Title Nine and what we are going through right now. So, um, yeah, check that out if you get a chance. Yeah. It is on ESPN Plus. Great watch. And, um, yeah. In college football news, Dane, it took, took, took the college football world by storm yesterday. The, uh, <laughs> the next Manning. Of course. The, the, the nephew of Eli and Peyton Manning, Arch Manning. He had made a Twitter account long before, but his first and only tweet yesterday was... Picture of him in UT gear, throwing a ball, saying, "Commit committing to the University of Texas." Hashtag hook him. Internet went crazy. Uh, Arch Manning is one of only three quarterbacks to get a perfect rating in um, recruiting rating 
The other were Vince Young, who went to Texas, and Quinn Ewers, formerly of Ohio State, now with Texas, uh, <laughs> slated to be <laughs> slated to be the starter for Texas, Texas today. And I think I know why you're saying, hmm. But before I before I get to you, man, um, interesting. Apparently, he beat out or Texas beat out Georgia and Alabama. Had offers from Ole Miss as well, LSU, probably every, every school yeah, in the yeah. SEC <laughs> that's linked to was linked to Manning, and and it was reported that Texas is Texas and Oklahoma is heading to the SEC. Right now, they're still saying t- 2025. It could be earlier than that. Be, we still don't know. It'll be know. sooner than that. It'll yeah. be sooner than that. We this is. Um, we we briefly spoke about this off mic yesterday, Dane. But what what was your first kind of reaction to it? Um, of him <laughs> committing, and I, I'll go after you. But go ahead. I like. I guess. <laughs> I mean, not like it's going to change anything. <laughs> but um, I mean, listen. I've had some time to sleep on this, obviously, but I'm happy for them. Question mark because it's great the idea of you having. Uh, this highly touted, you know, highly ranked, coveted quarterback. But at the end of the day, is you know, he's got the world, the weight of the world, and the weight of Texas, the state, and the, the fandom that follows it will be on his shoulders. And they better hope and pray that he has a support system. I mean, obviously, he had two Hall of Fame level, you know, talented family members. Um, that are capable of pouring into him and letting him know how to navigate these waters. But this is a whole different ball game. Um, he's got a lot to live up to. And then two, the other thing that got, that came to my mind for Sark, is this a good problem to have with two of the best quarterbacks that we've seen? And that'll be, we'll see how, you know, in the future, how they're going to be remembered and written in history. But you can say based on where they where the chips fall in terms of where they ranked at is two of the greatest quarterbacks that this generation will see in terms of high school ranking. So I don't I don't know where this is gonna lead, uh the expectations or the performance of Quinn Ewers, but if you thought, you know, the Manning kid has a lot of pressure on his shoulder, or if I thought the Manning kid has a lot of pressure on his shoulders, then Quinn Ewers has probably two or three times the amount because he has to maintain that reputation of, well, I was the, you know, I was in a league of my own. I was the only other guy that had, you know, this, this high ranking coming out of high school and I was supposed to be the guy. And now you have this guy that's supposed to be the guy. So they both can't be the guys, right? In a, in a perfect world, Dane, this is what, this is what the, I, I have fr- friends and you have friends that are Texas fans, but one particular friend messaged me with a, tweet from one of the you know texas analysts that they have this is this is in a perfect world this is what the university of texas wants right Mm -hmm. they want quinn ewers to win the starting job this season and play well this is the 2022 season so uh arch manning isn't coming until 2023 so they need quinn ewers to play win the starting job play well this season Mm -hmm. next season arch manning comes in Quinn Ewers is still the starter. They need Quinn Ewers to play well again, well enough to leave to go to the NFL. At that same time, Arch Manning is redshirting. 
Then Quinn Ewers is gone. Then Arch Manning comes in next season as the starter in 2024. That's in a perfect world scenario, right? But we know we're not in a perfect world. We are in a world of uh, the the biggest transfer portal that we've known in history, NIL, all those things. Go ahead. Fairy tale. What you just said, all that, that was a fairy tale. But fairy tale, yeah. Fairy tale, dream scenario, right? Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, we're not in that. We are in a transfer portal world, NIL world, uh, play me now world. And I'm not saying Arch Manning is that guy because he's coming from the Manning family known as a humble, you know, we, we know all about the Mannings, right? Um, but you mentioned something about Quinn Ewers, right? He, right. and we know Texas football is probably the highest pressured environment to play in. Uh, one of the top. Nothing. You know, it ain't won nothing in a long time. Not since you and I were in middle school. Right. And that's <laughs> the, exactly great point because that that's only adding to that pressure, right? They, they're, right fiending so much for for success at that program and with Steve Sarkeesian there like I mean he he's done great with quarterbacks in the past he's coached Matt Leinart um Jake Locker was great in college before he got yeah, to the I'm pros like, you saying a lot of good uh, stuff about college players yeah yeah on the collegiate level on the collegiate level he's done great with quarterbacks so I can see why you know quarterbacks would want to play for him um but they, you, you need to have so many things go right. Um, Quinn Ewers has one bad game, and, and Texas fans are going to be calling for Arch Manning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They say if you have two two quarterbacks, you have none. You heard that scenario right. or that, that quote, right? Yeah. And too much of a good thing right here I, I'm, could could be a bad thing. Um We've just seen so many scenarios with with Texas football the last few years. It's now a, a, a the the talk Texas is done, is right? Right. You gotta <laughs> the results on the field have to be, you know, on point. And y'all are heading to the y'all. I say Texas is heading to the SEC in maybe three oh, years or less. Right. Uh, you got to be ready because we know how SEC football is. We've seen it. Fast. We know who the who the dogs are over there. Fast and physical. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's gonna be real. I had I had JJ already hit me up talking about scary hours for y'all. I'm like, bro, you were talking to the reigning Big Twelve champs over here. Get your get your mind listen, right. Don't get Beyonce started. But listen, <laughs> as a completely unbiased, I have no dog in the fight. Um, I'm excited for what this brings to college football. Um, but I am. You gotta temper your expectations. You yeah. Temper, and how temper- okay, we know he's the perfect recruit, right? And right. we talked about this as yesterday as well. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a couple of clips, but the clips I've seen and the clips you've seen, the competition mm-hmm. he's played against. It looked like these are, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade JV, JV squad. Uh, like He's throwing over the middle, and like the linebackers are like five foot two. There's nothing against vertically challenged people. My wife is vertically challenged, but I used to be vertically challenged. Mine too. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you're not gonna get that. I mean, obviously, every quarterback or every you turn on any high school film, there's going to be 
mismatches and opportunities for that particular athlete that you're watching to take advantage of competition, which you're supposed to do. However, <laughs> I really hope after the first few games that it doesn't look funny in the light. Um, but it, for the storylines and for what it's going to do with college football and the impact that this is going to have, it, the storylines are going to be endless. And Sark, I hope you're ready, my boy. Yeah. Hey, I pressure pressures are is on. Like, I mean, it's always on at Texas, but you get a Manning. <laughs> And it it turns up to a thousand. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then Dane, your your squad to close out our uh, sports segment. <laughs> your squad, Ohio Ohio State, successfully trademarked the correction, the most commonly the the, <laughs> the, the most commonly used word in the English language is coming from Yahoo Sports. Ohio State's ownership of the trademark the has been legally formalized, a development that won't be received warmly among non-Buckeye college football fans the school's trademark application for the most commonly used word in english language was officially approved on tuesday first reported by trademark attorney josh gerbin the buckeyes football program confirmed it on twitter we talked about this with the spongebob when he's writing that essay yeah. we're just holding the that says D. and he's like scribbling for like so long he's like yes yes and then he's showing us just like the um so it says what does ohio state's the trademark really mean says, to be clear, you do not have to pay Ohio State to use the word the. The trademark only pertains to Class 25 clothing, basically, and only in the realm of the sports apparel as outlined in the application. Um, oh, yeah, so this here. this is only adding to, yeah, it's only adding to what <laughs> now Dana always of, I don't approve of this crap at all. It's, there's, listen, if you are in the state of Ohio, and I'm not sure how this works in terms of the allocation of money or funds associated to do something like this, but there could have been plenty of other resources that you, or plenty of other things you could have dedicated those resources to. But I mean, whatever. I'm I'm a fan, but that it ain't that damn serious. <laughs> it ain't never no. something serious. No. I understand it though. I understand yeah. it. You know, a, a, a university, an institution of this prestige is I just had to add that in there for you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Of course. <laughs> of course. The little subtle, not so subtle jab. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something a Texas school would do, but that's just, it's that's just stupid. I'm sorry, but that's just stupid. As often mm-hmm. as I poke fun of it, it's just yeah, yeah, it's stupid. That's funny. All right, <laughs> now it's time for what's that sound? Haven't done this in a while. A nerdy news segment brought to you by. Shout out to Keith. Nerdy news segment. Uh, Dane, I'm a bad, bad host, co-host. I need still need to catch up on the boys. I heard the last episode from actually today's episode Friday is is crazy. I'm still on episode three, so I'm catching up oh, on the boys Lord. for season behind, three. I know. Behind, I know. Behind, I know. Yeah, I'm behind, I, I haven't watched today's episode yet either, but I normally wait till the wife gets home. We watch it together. That's okay. our show. So yeah, we'll 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 catch up on the boys next episode. Um, but we will talk about Miss Marvel, three episodes in now, and I am enjoying every bit of this show, man. Um, it was, you know, it's 
when it was first announced and with all the trailers, people were like, ah, it's going to be a teen show. I mean, and it has the, you know, the... You say that about any of the Marvel entities. All of them are meant, I mean, not meant for kids, but by and large, most of the people that are occupying those seats in the movie, they're, they're freaking kids. Yeah. And this one seemed more tailored to that more than more than the rest. So I could see where they would say that. But I, I knew going... going... Say, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. Let's get to the real issue here. The the, the issue here is okay. that, the issue here is that the the lead role, brown, the lead brown skin girl, is a brown skin girl. That's the problem that people have. And yeah. that if that's you, if that's your problem, that's that's you. You have an issue. You have a philosophical issue. Something that you need to unpack. Something that you need to seek professional help about. If a TV show that comes on once a week is going to be that much or that much of a problem for you because of the fact that someone looks a lot different than you. You have some issues, G. <laughs> you got some issues. So that I mean, this people people need to be real with themselves. Stop trying to put out these false narratives as to why they're not supporting something. Just be be real with yourself. Like, look, you got hateful racist bones in your bodies, then be that. <laughs> but don't try to hide behind the guys. Well, this is a childish television. I'm not gonna watch this because it's this is uh for children. Nah, mm-hmm. that's not the real issue here. Go get some yeah. help. I knew <laughs> I knew before first episode even started, I was watching it, not only because, you know, trying to find out what's next going on in MCU, but like it was really like something that I felt like would be entertaining and something funny. Um, and it has all the elements that you would expect from a Marvel show. Um, and those that have decided not to watch it are going to miss out because they're it's, it's a great show. Like right. I was surprised by and. and let me know if you agree with me on this. This is the yeah. most comic, comic booky. I don't even know the right comic bookish, comic filled, <laughs> comic bookie, <laughs> comic bookyish show slash property MCU has done. Like the colors are vibrant. Visuals, it, like when she's journaling, visuals. you show like the the pop outs of you know everything that she's drawing, and then like the the soundtrack itself. Like episode two, like the soundtrack. I was like, okay, this, that's kind of dope. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. It is it it reminds me like the t-shirt, like the, the t-shirt I'm wearing is the, the random mm-hmm. t-shirt. Nope, not today, but it's like these little words pop up throughout the episode and stuff like that. You have different, you know, shades and fonts, right? And stuff it, that looks like straight out of a comic book. Right. We, we, it really feels like we're watching a comic book on the screen, which it, it's very appealing. It it attracts the audience. I know it attracted me to the screen and when Karina watches it, she enjoys it. Um, but yeah, that I think that move kind of got me and a lot of other um, people watching the show to like, oh, y'all going this route? Okay, I enjoy that. I like that. And then what also kind of really in episode three kind of brought me even more was the connections to previous um, Marvel properties. I don't know if you saw in episode three, Dane, at the very beginning when they do the flashback to 1942. When they find the bangle, they're standing yeah. on the floor. Of the uh, it has the the Ten Rings logo on the ground. A lot of and, yeah, and it's and it made me go back to Shang Chi because we find out at the very beginning of Shang Chi, uh, they're telling the tale of Win Win Wu. Isn't that his name? What's uh, Shang Chi's dad? Yeah, talking about how he he found he found the uh, the Ten Rings in a crater. And so at the beginning of Miss Marvel episode three, it looks like they're like 
in a crater like hole. So like these connections that Marvel, like I didn't expect Miss Marvel to connect with the 10 rings, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll probably get more connections to other properties. Obviously uh, it's going to connect to Miss Marvel or excuse right. me, Captain Marvel um, because she's going to be in the Miss Marvel's movie. Uh, the Marvels that's what it's called. But yeah, the man, what Marvels. <laughs> the Marvel. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, anything else uh, kind of come at you in the in these first three episodes? We're halfway through the show now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part, for me, it was just uh, exploring different cultures that I'm not accustomed to or not familiar with, which is cool with me. Um, I like learning new things about, you know, different people from across the world that I didn't imagine I'd come in contact with. And one of the best ways, because I'm not a traveler. You know, I, I've only left the state of Texas like five times, so I wouldn't know. Um, about you know some of these things that they take place in some of these different households and and let's say we're for you know documentaries and TV and then of course some people that I might know that have those experiences and are you know thoughtful enough to share those experiences with me. So just seeing the way that the family dynamic uh, is situated with this particular family is kind of just gives you um, another appreciation and just another look into how things go. Um, you see the dynamic of her mother and her father and how close she is to them and how much the reverence and the respect and the trust that they have for one another and how much that means uh, to their family, um, to their family name. And then you see the dynamic in which how they treat their son versus how they treat their daughter. So it's just like another element, which I'm assuming is pretty common and prevalent in that particular culture. So it's like, sheesh. And then, you know, of course, spoiler alert, one of the most fascinating things to me was this, the presentation of the wedding. And I've never been to, I've only been to American style weddings and things like that. So I'm familiar with that concept looks like. So to see other, you know, other cultures in the way that they celebrate two people come, becoming one is just impressive. It's not only impressive, but it's like, they genuinely look like they had a lot of fun with the um, putting together that particular, you know, wedding. And then um, just, it, it didn't look like, many people were acting it seemed like they were you know just having a little dress rehearsal and just you know kicking it so that was cool in itself and then just different elements to their culture um that they shared or cultural norms that they shared was like oh oh so i guess that's the reason why they you know that's the way that it is but it it it, it's well put together so far and i appreciate it for what it's going to do in the enlightenment that it is going to provide to people who are not familiar um with that part of the world so i mean i'm cool i'm cool i've been cool with it um there are i still have my questions about it of course like so we are supposed to assume that old i mean i don't know if it's a dude or a lady that was trapped underneath the rubble with the bang was like was that someone with a cree origin or something like that or i i mean that's that's what i'm thinking with the blue um and i think this is my theory i think Mm -hmm. that the DODC, the damage control people, I think they're scrolls. And I think, yeah, I think they're scrolls. And that's why I believe they're after any kind of technology um, that comes about because I think scrolls. I think they're the bad ones. Okay. Because you remember, they were the same same group that interrogated Peter Parker during uh, mm-hmm. the most recent Spider Man movie. Yeah, uh, No Way Home. No, I was like, wait a minute, was that a Spider Man movie? Or was that strange? I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, but he had mentioned during that interrogation that, you know, that Nick Fury is not on site or not on plan. I'm like, wait, how do you know that? Type so of obviously there's you know multiple ways for him to find that information out, but other than him being 
Yeah, I don't know. I I, yeah. I, I don't know, but I'm sure we we'll find it, out more it, in these next three episodes. Yeah, I think I think it's a, we, that's her connection. I think this is this show is going to be that connection to the Marvels because mm-hmm. we're going to find out that they're scrolls and the bangle is part of the Kree skull war. Um, Cause we, we know that uh, the, uh, the rings, the, the Shang-Chi uh, 10 rings are alien mm-hmm. technology. Right. And if you remember at the end credit scene of how they had um, the little inscriptions Shang-Chi, on it, like blown up. Yeah. Right. And it was at the end of the post credit scene for, the Ten Rings was Captain Marvel, Bruce Banner, Shang-Chi, Wong, all talking about the Ten Rings. And so I think those Ten Rings are connecting with the Bangle. We're going to find out how all those are connected in both the Marvel's movie and Shang-Chi. So could be some kind of team up at some point talking about these Bengals and this Kree Skull War at some point. But I think it's all going to... That's why I like this show because you didn't know going into it to be connecting to the much larger properties like that. Right. Um, and I'm I'm glad it looks like it's going in that direction. So, yeah, man. We gonna find out. We, we gonna, gonna find out. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, when does yeah, the missile come back? Do you remember? I'm about to look it up. I don't, be... don't want to look it up and it'd be like, oh, it's not coming back for another two years. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Uh, they announced the season two, but they didn't announce when yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, man. But episode. 89 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast in the books. Dane, anything you want to say before we get out of here, brother? Nah, man. Just got to remember sometimes in life, you got to take an L. But not for me. Not for us. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep getting these dubs. We're going to stack these dubs on top of one another. Nah, but in all seriousness, man, um, it's going to be a hot summer. Uh, so make sure you stay hydrated, um, stay in shelter and, you know, do what you can and spend time with your family and pass the time because, man, mm-hmm. life is too freaking yeah. short. Yeah. That's all I got. Drink Couldn't agree more. Drinks. And appreciate those that have been rocking with us since, like I like I said at the beginning, since 0.5, y'all have helped us to keep pushing on. And, yeah. you know, I even the people that watch this, I thank them as well for for helping helping us get this opportunity. I say us because this uh, <laughs> this, this for both of us with, with me heading to heading to Bristol and stuff. So appreciate those that continue to rock with us and uh make sure you check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Dane, what do YouTube people say? <laughs> hey man, thank you for tuning in to the exclusive content. Man, just do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. The more likes and subscribes we get, the more eyes we get on the content. And they go on to tell you that it's gonna be a tutorial, very quick tutorial, but it's a 55-minute video, and they give you the tutorial in the last 35 seconds of the video. Shame misleading. We don't do that here. We give you 55 minutes of content, maybe more, maybe less, but the full episode is gonna be full of exclusive content, man. So like subscribe doing the night again doing the night again episode 89 of the duo we are out the 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 the